more than anything is just a horse that won't quit. There's no way he finishes. I owe him the chance. Get up. I'm Tim Finley, and this is To Live With Honor. Chapter 13. The Pale Horse, Part 3. Grave men near death, who see with blinding sight. Blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Dylan Thomas, do not go gentle into that good night. Be a golden letter reaching down When the man comes around I nursed a cigarette on the back porch chair, slouched in my robe. Sugar queried me from the corner of the front paddock, honor's usual haunt. I stared out across the property to a patch of rusted ground and a maroon-streaked T-post with drooping fence wire, flies celebrated in a swarming, feasting mob. The patch of blight penned my eyelids open. It contradicted the gorgeous late-morning sun. Twenty-four hours prior... Brooding mist had choked life right out of the earth. Yet this day, the sun rose forgetful and chipper. Birds sang arias through the oaks. Blue skies panned over spring greenness in a postcard of perfect bullshit happiness. Life hummed its happy little Sunday song. I fixated through a veil of cigarette smoke on the one spot of dead earth that refused to smile. Honor could have started race training in two weeks. Who knew what he could have been? Now he would be a lawnmower with one permanent flat tire. I breathed in faith through a filter and exhaled smoky bitterness. Willoway groaned as he scratched his ear with an old arthritic foot. His mumble broke my hypnosis and I watched the old man struggle against his joints. I reached down and scratched it for him. We're all starting to feel it, man. He fell to his side and presented his stomach for additional attention. But I guess some things never change. Older and wiser, but never too good for a belly rub. I can't say no to a dog. I obliged him. Missy charged through the back door. Her toothy smile gleamed against the sunshine. Oak Ridge called. They said Honor's blood count is high enough to bring him home. They talked like he was some sort of all-star. The vet says it's probably because he's so young that he's resilient, but they said his numbers shot up overnight. They're still really low, but they said we could bring him home and just keep him in the stall to let him heal. Seriously? Let's hit pause for a second. A fence post just ripped his chest open. I jammed cold cynicism into her smile and broke it off. The horse impaled himself on a foot of blunt iron fence post. I pointed with a short cigarette toward the swirling flies. I feel like that would warrant at least a couple days in the hospital. Well, there's nothing else they can do for them there that I can't do here. She was selling something. It saves us money, doesn't it? Yeah. A lot. <sighs> I work for a vet, Tim. I do for other horses every day what they're prescribing for him. We can't afford to keep him there. 
And if we bring him home and something else happens? I snuffed my cigarette out and looked back at her. Let's just hope nothing does. She mumbled to her fingernails, hiding away. Hope is a shitty plan. Especially around here. She looked back up with wet honesty welling in her eyes. Hope is all we can afford. My abrasiveness smoothed over. I shrank against the size of Missy's heart. I had spoken what she already knew, but where I saw rotting ground, she looked for the sunshine. My eyes apologized for me. I looked out across the pasture, then back to her. I changed my tone. <sighs> he belongs at home. And I wouldn't want anyone else caring for him. I don't understand much about horses. And I don't understand much about women. But the two finish each other's sentences. Missy can touch a horse's heart in a way I couldn't hope to fathom. If Missy could do for honor what she had done for so many other horses, I'd buy into every fantastical storybook idea about the magical bond between horse and girl. If she could save what I couldn't, then I'd still hope. If something else did happen, though, we both understood the outcome. Depending on miracles is the piteous misadventure of a man with nothing, or perhaps everything, to lose. Dr. Lamb greeted us as we walked into the holding area. He smiled in his quiet, metered way. He ushered us down the hall of equine patients beset on either side by immaculate stone-walled holding pens. The barn smelled more of sterile hospital than it did horse barn, a pungent combination of vitamins and fresh hay. Horses of all shapes, sizes, and diagnoses occupied the stalls. A mare and her foal watched as we walked by. Each horse told a story. Busted knee, malnourished and weak, abrasions to the flank, strained ligaments. Yet others simply stood seemingly unhurt at all. I thought back to Dover. At the end of the line, we came to Honor Stall on our left. Once into view, Honor perked, ears erect, and smiled. His swollen chest sagged, heavy with fluid. His body balanced atop twiggy legs, one which he dragged through the stall shavings to greet us at the gate. A coiled tube attached to Honor's neck, connecting to a giant saline bag hanging from a swiveling rod like an overhead car wash hose. A short rubber tube protruded from the bloated wound and dripped orange fluid into the shavings. Honor hid his agony behind his cheerfulness. Missy clammed with sorrow as Honor nosed to us through the fence. He looks... great. He, he looks happy. She wiped a tear away. I'm going to be honest with you. These sorts of injuries are not uncommon, but his resilience has been anything but common. His temperament, his attitude, you don't see that very often. He's been drinking as if he knows to push fluids. Horses subjected to this sort of trauma tend to lose appetite or even refuse to eat. As you can see... He unfolded his arms and motioned into the pen. We can't feed him enough. It's kind of uncanny. It's as if he knows and he's fighting. Honor's quite the optimist. He certainly impressed all of us here. He's a mostly good horse. She giggled with sarcasm, and then glared at me without sarcasm. You can go in if you'd like. The doctor gestured an open hand to the gate, and I dove for the latch, tossing the heavy gate to the side. Honor swung his head to his left to greet me. Without missing a beat, he chewed on my shoulder. It hurt like hell, but I didn't dare shoo him off. 
I scratched his neck and shoulders as Missy followed in behind me, bearing treats. She passed me a couple and we alternated spoiling him. What the doctor had asserted just a minute before now glowed bright enough to light the entire barn. The two of us fawned over Honor, who couldn't decide whose shoulder to nibble on next. You guys take your time, and whenever you're ready, we'll get everything together and help you load them up. We took our time, and I'm glad we did. After much needed family time, we split ranks as I went to attach the trailer and Missy went to the doctor to handle the admin. We inched Honor out of the barn and into the trailer, whereupon he loaded without issue, albeit dragging a dead leg. Before driving away, the doctor emphasized one last time Honor's treatment. Thanks, Doc. I shook his hand. Thank you for taking care of him. I don't know what's left for him, but if he's happy, so am I. He smiled in the slightest. He might surprise you. <laughs> Nothing surprises me with this horse anymore. The drive back to the Finley homestead, while equal in duration and slow consideration, was nothing like the dreary, pulse-racing trudge through the heavy mist. Missy and I even spent the ride home joking about our accident-prone pony and all of his quirks. Of all destinations, home is the greatest. We slowed to the far side of the road, swinging wide to enter into the front paddock gate. I hopped out from the cab and unfastened the chain. Missy eased the truck and trailer through. I refastened the gate behind her and walked back to the truck. We weren't the only ones who missed honor. Horses live by the herd, and they die by it. Sugar, having seen the trailer pull into the paddock, knew her companion had returned. She belted a whinny, a shriek that echoed against the oaks. She dashed around the middle paddock, tail flapping behind her. The redhead had gone mad. Another shrill female voice cried out. Damn! The trailer swayed with an internal earthquake. Honor screamed back to Sugar. No. Oh God, no. My spine iced over. I sprinted. My heart turned violent in my chest as my legs thrashed toward the middle gate. I shot past the truck and into the side paddock, sliding against the mud, slamming my shoulder into the iron gate. Nervous, sweating fingers fidgeted to unlatch the chain. With inhuman strength, I hurled the heavy gate wide open in one rapid thrust. It slammed open against the fence. Missy abandoned delicacy and smashed the pedal against the floor. The truck billowed black smoke as it shot through the gate. Once through, I raced to reclose it. Honor screamed again as the trailer rocked side to side. The truck eased to a stop, but not before Missy was already out of the cab and jetting to open the back paddock gate to get to the barn. I ran to the far side of the trailer, now parked adjacent to the back gate. I leapt atop the wheel well and looked inside the window. Before I saw it, I heard it. I thought he was pissing. Loud, voluminous splashing burst against the floor. Every pore in my skin flushed open with sweat as horror squeezed around my stomach. I smelled metal. Blood. It was blood. I jumped down from the trailer, swinging my legs against the slowness of reality. Come on, come on! My hands dumbly fumbled the chain loose on the trailer door as Missy ran back from preparing the barn, doors wide, 
stall ready, fresh shavings strewn. I flung the gigantic door open and ripped the partitions back. Missy bounded into the trailer and unlatched Honor's harness. I looked down at the floor. I froze. I saw the father from Joplin, Missouri. The one we found crushed beneath the cinder block slab. He was still hunched over his little girl and infant son, who remained clutched in his protective arms. He was a soldier. I stood in a river of blood, a bright crimson flow streaking out the back of the trailer. A thick, sloshing lake of red shavings blanketed the floor beneath Honor. Blood splattered and streaked a murder scene against the walls. I am in blood, stepped in so far that should I wait no more, returning were as tedious as going over. Tim, move! The image went away. I jumped back off the trailer and off to the side, allowing the two to egress. Honor's hooves boomed his way off the trailer, his head towered and craned behind him, looking to Sugar, who pranced and paced in the side paddock. Honor called out to her. Blood shot like a fire hose out of the drainage tube and bombed against the ground. We gotta get him into the barn. We gotta stop the bleeding. I need to drug Sugar, too. Sugar? What about him? He's the one bleeding to death. Sedating him could kill him. If we don't sedate him, it will kill him. Honor whinnied another deafening shriek, the sound of a thousand babies crying. He rebelled against any effort to calm him. I began to boil. Fix your damn horse! I said, your. Somewhere, a rooster crowed three times. I hated myself the moment it left my lips. You trank horses all day long for a living. I trust you. Do it. Missy tucked her lips tight between her teeth as she wrestled with doubt. Then she spun and ran into the barn, racing for the needles. I followed behind her, blood splashing against my shins, Honor screaming without end to sugar. Once inside the open area of the barn, Missy's quivering hands thumbed Honor's jugular and jabbed the needle in. She eyeballed a fractional measurement from the syringe, leaving most of the fluid still in the tube. My turn. I handed honor to Missy and without explanation, sprinted away toward the house. I cut and juked through doorways and into the kitchen, ransacking drawer after drawer for clean towels. I nabbed a handful of cotton towels and snatched a full bag of flour from the pantry. As fast as I ran in, I ran back out, tearing across hundreds of yards between the porch and the barn where we had shared wedding cake a month prior. Honor bled to death. My thoughts mechanized and emotion vanished. I caked the towel in flour and cupped it in my hand. Get him into the stall. What's that? This is arterial bleeding. We have to stop it. I couldn't get a pinch point even if I knew where it was. This is the next best thing. She walked him into the stall and stepped away. I crawled between the stall boards, stepped to Honor's chest, and tugged the small rubber tubing to the side of the wound. I breathed one slow, deep, calming breath and jammed the towel into the wound. Missy was already on the phone with Oak Ridge, pleading for the ambulance. They're saying it will take them about half an hour to get here. I felt the pressure of blood pushing against the towel as I crammed it in against the wound. I pressed harder. Blood sheeted around my hands until I wore gloves of blood up to my elbows. I can't stop the bleeding! I can't stop it! 
My shoulders ached from holding the towel in place. Ugh, 30 minutes! Sweat streamed into my eye, stabbing it with salty needles. Missy threw a fly blanket over Honor as the tiny vultures began to circle. Honor started to calm. I wish I could say it was the sedative. With each gushing pulse against my hand, Honor's head drooped lower. His eyes dimmed from gleaming orbs to empty sockets void of expression, with lids and lashes closing around them like curtains. His legs shook as his knees struggled to maintain his weight. No, 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 no! Missy crumbled along with Honor. Fuck! Cursing was all I had left. Honor's dead leg gave first, snapping at the knee, followed by his good front leg. His nose crashed into the shavings, jolting his head. His rear legs toppled like ancient towers under a millennium of weathering. The towel unseated and blood pooled out as he fell. Blood and shavings splattered out beneath him. Honor righted himself, laying there as if exhausted and sleepy. It was an image we were accustomed to seeing. This was not a sleepy pony. This was a dying horse. I dove to the ground, trying to reaffix the saturated towel against his chest, but because of how Honor laid, I couldn't reach it. I struggled against his heavy neck and head, trying to replug the fountain. The last of Honor's strength escaped his lungs in a groan. He flopped onto his left side, splayed flat, head covered in shavings. I took advantage of the moment and plunged the towel back into his chest. I stopped. Slowly, I pulled the soaked towel away. The wound had stopped bleeding. Honor's eyes floated in their sockets. Eyelids, barely open and unrestricted by any muscle tension, lay like loose blankets unblinking. His rib cage beneath the fly sheet rose and fell almost unnoticeable with each sparse and whispered breath. I yelled at him once for looking like this, but now I had no yell left in my heart. It's one thing to see death. It's another to watch it. I checked my watch. 20 minutes to go. I leaned beside his head and pulled his lip up, exposing his gums. I pressed my thumb against cool flesh. I turned back to Missy, who watched over my shoulder. How long? She asked, wanting to know the seconds for his capillary refill. I looked back to her, hiding my own emotion. Uh, I can't tell. There's no difference. Honor's gums were ghastly white. Outside of texture, it was impossible to tell where gums ended and teeth began. Missy hugged her stomach with one arm while covering her mouth with the other. She folded her lips in as heavy drops fell out from behind her glasses. She walked away out of the barn, trying to will the ambulance's arrival. I stayed with Honor, knelt there beside him. I arose, startled by remembered imagery, a horse standing before me in a place laden by death, defying it. I remembered the first picture I ever took of the filthy cult. I reeled as I replayed all the torturous feelings of that night. Ghosts had come out of the shadows to prod me forward, ghosts I once promised and then failed. 
I remembered the promise I made honor, a chance. It was a promise built on an honest apology. I reached into my pocket and pulled out my phone. I took one picture, one picture I believed to be his last. I eased back into the shavings on my knees beside him. I reached out and pet him the way I wanted to that night at the auction house, but couldn't. His silky coat felt cold with sweat as I glided my hand down the length of his neck. Regret squeezed my chest, reminding me how I couldn't save him, how I never saved anything. Now, I couldn't even give him a chance. I was an honor guard once. You're a good horse, Honor. I'm sorry for not being better. I'm sorry it had to be me. You can't lie to a horse. I looked at my hands and arms, painted in layers of his blood. I knelt close beside him, helpless and hopeless, and watched Honor die. The roar of a big block Chevy drifted through the barn door. I jumped to my feet and leaned my head out over the stallboards. Missy stood in the giant doorway, waving them through the paddock gates as the pickup ambled through the backyard. My pulse quickened again at the sight. The cavalry had arrived. I turned to look down at Honor. He was a husk. Nothing more than torn flesh and empty expression. An image too familiar. Even as the techs scrambled out of the cab and began unpacking emergency equipment, I stood emotionless and just stared. This wasn't doubt. This was cast iron indifference. They never get up. They just stay on the gurney and speak with their silence. Again, I looked at my hands. Honor was now one of them. A cold cadaver on a gurney drained of all his blood. I said nothing. I stepped to the side, hung my head, and quit, as a man without honor would. The two techs charged into the stall, brimming with life-saving equipment and supplies. The techs tossed frantic questions into the air as they toiled over honor. I yielded to Missy for answers and maintained my silence. The two, one man and one young woman, danced as a team around their recumbent subject. He led with instructions, and she followed with actions. Both had been there for Honor's initial emergency. The man, the one who had sutured Honor's chest back together. You got a lead rope handy? Missy ran one over from the far wall and handed it to me. I looked at her baffled, confused as to what the hell I was going to do with it. Gonna need your help. Gotta hang an IV bag. And toss that up over her after and let her hook the bag on, then pull the rope tight. I followed the instructions, as did his teammate, hanging the giant saline bag on the latch. I pulled the rope taut, hoisting the bag aloft, and then tied it off and resumed my distance. 
Honor lay motionless despite the harassment of the two techs. They checked vitals over and over, temperature, pulse, respiratory rate, capillary refill, eye dilation, etc. The long IV tube dangled from the bag above and terminated in the same bald spot on Honor's neck that had been shaven the day prior. The text slowed. What could be done in a dusty barn had been done. He needs to go back to Oak Ridge, but he'd have to be able to stand in the trailer. The man's blue eyes iced with soft-hearted sincerity. I understood what he implied. He wore the hurt of saying it in the folds of his brow. Missy walked away to the barn door, silhouetting her loneliness against the bright sun outside. I stood in silence with the tech and watched her cry. This is your horse, isn't it? Huh? The question knocked me off balance. I noticed he was staring at my hands and arms. Well, I mean, he's our horse. We don't really... When I pulled up, I saw you in the stall. I I just figured... uh... Oh, yeah. I was... I mean, he's... You'd have to ask him. I looked up and saw Missy standing in the barn door, facing away toward the house. I tasted the reality and wished none of it on her. Honor was my job, and so was death. I could do this for her. The other tech stood inside the stall, watching her patient, counting seconds and diminishing heartbeats. Listen, you guys know Missy from the track. I spoke in a mouse's whisper and leaned in. You know how this would destroy her. If he doesn't... If he doesn't get back up, how or uh, what do I need to do or whom do I need to call? Now we'll take care of all that for you. A few moments passed. He deserved better than this. The text said nothing in response. I have no business with honor. One last time, I thought back to Dover. Regrets collect like old friends Here to relive your darkest moments I can see no I can see no I remembered a ranger who appeared unharmed as I lowered him into the casket to go home. I thought he would sit up and walk out. He never did. None of them did. I saluted the hearses as they drove away. No, 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 no. The tech shouted at a rustle of movement in the shavings. I snapped my eyes back over my shoulder. The girl dove toward Honor just a few feet away. My heart dropped. Then it hit the floor and detonated. Might carry the weight of the dead, Airman Finley, but if honor is what carries you, better be a strong horse. I looked and behold, a wash in blood, a standing horse. (laughs) 